Humble yourself before your mother. You've got to bend down low. Humble yourself before your mother. You've got to know what she knows, and we can lift each other up. Higher and higher we can lift each other up. Higher and higher, humble yourself before your sister. You've got to bend down low. Humble yourself before your sister. You've got to know what she knows, and we can lift each other up. Higher and higher, we can lift each other up. Humble yourself before your daughter. You've got to bend down low. Humble yourself before your daughter. You've got to know what she knows, and we can lift each other up. Higher and higher, we can lift each other up. Humble yourself before your family. You've got to bend down low. Humble yourself before your family. You've got to know what they know, and we can lift each other up. Higher and higher, we can lift each other up. Humble yourself before the ancestors. You've got to bend down low. Humble yourself before the ancestors. We've got to know what they know. Yes, we can lift each other up. Higher and higher, we can lift each other up. Higher and higher, we can lift each other up. Higher and higher, we can lift each other up. Humble yourself before your community. You've got to bend down low. Humble yourself before your community. We've got to know what we know. Yes, we. Can lift each other up. Higher and higher, we can lift each other up. Higher and higher, we can lift each other up. Higher and higher, we can lift each other up. Can lift each other up. Let's lift each other up.
Hello and welcome to the Womb Centered Healing Podcast. I'm Sama Morningstar and I have Giselle with me. Did I say your name right? You did. It was a while ago that you told me how to pronounce it. I'm impressed with myself. All right. Uh, welcome and thank you for being on the podcast with us today. Um, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and share about your work, your womb centered healing work, and share about what that means to you, womb centered healing, why that's important, why we're talking about that here on a podcast. Thank you, Sarah. My name is Giselle Genesee, and um, womb centered healing for me has been uh, an exploration to connecting to the feminine, to the divine feminine. That's what where my journey started mm -hmm. and where it's led me to, to where I am today has, um, has been a beautiful journey of connecting to not only to my own womb, but connecting to different lineages and practices and, and, a, and several different communities of, of incredible women uh, sharing, sharing all these practices um, that have helped me heal heal so many wounds and traumas and um, blocks, you know, and any um, old structures of who I thought I, I was supposed to be or what, a, what it meant to be a woman. All that has been deconstructed in all this work. Wow. And so I'm curious as to when you first realized that this needed to be a focus for you, like, did you have a moment when you said, wait a second, I need to start learning about this. I need to start learning about feminine spirituality. I need to start learning about my womb. Was there anything that, that started your, your quest for womb-centered healing? Well, the first thing that comes to mind was pain and depression that basically led me to seeking, seeking um, things that were different than therapy or medication or just the things that I've been, that were before me in terms of how to, uh, how to navigate through the world. And I found because I was really curious and I wanted something different because I knew I needed something different, uh, it came. And it came through uh, various invitations that have come to me in my life. Uh, I feel like they came at pivotal times when I was really asking, asking for some support. And one of the things that came was I got invited to, this was back in 2013, I got invited to go to Teotihuacan, Mexico, to uh, a moon dance, which is all women. And it's like the counter to the Native American Sundance, which uh, traditionally was all men. And it was a, a, a ceremony, a four, four day, five day, four night, five day ceremony where uh, men dance all day. They don't drink water or um, uh, eat. So they're, they're offering themselves, their physical bodies to, uh, to spirit, you know, to transcend, to transcend our physical, you know, suffering so that visions can come and the women in mexico we dance four nights five days so we dance at night 
Uh, we do drink water, <laughs> but we do two sweat lodges a day and very little sleep. And uh, we're being led by our grandmother, Abuela Malinali, who has been a, a, sun dancer, a sun dancer for many, many years. She still sun dances, I believe, or at least supports her husband now, uh, who's a sun dancer as well. And um, she really uh, has tapped into the practices of the indigenous land uh, in Mexico. Mm -hmm. uh, the Mexica Aztec um, lineage, uh, bringing some of those elements. Our songs are in Spanish, you know, and uh, but there's Native American practices as well. So the sweat lodge has been a huge healing experience for me. I started doing sweats well before the moon dance, uh, and the idea of going into the dark womb, mm -hmm. you know, and then coming out rebirth, you know, and when you're in there, you're praying, you're praying for yourself all the things that you know ail you or people in your life and it's uh it's such an amazing um thing to actually be able to come out and be rebirthed and have literally all these things shed um to start anew again mm -hmm. so that's been a huge practice too has been for me is uh, the sweat lodge with the mezcal beautiful mm -hmm. and so it sounds like your this beginning that uh realizing you're in, in depression and pain, a pain cycle, if you will, um, drew you to these womb practices that weren't necessarily focused on your womb in your body, although there's a resonance there when we do go into these earth, earthen womb structures that, that have, you know, into that womb space for healing there's a resonance but it might not be explicitly stated uh in the practices from sweat lodges i've been in there's very little reference that we're going into the womb of mother earth or anything like that um i've so had that experience i'm really grateful because i have had uh, people lead in that way and also at the moon we do do practices uh that connect us to our wombs so wow. thankfully Yes, as women coming together, mm -hmm. how can we not? How can we not come and, right. and share it's, those practices? It's so clear that that's what we're doing, isn't it? <laughs> and so, you know, what's coming up for me, especially around to talk about a little bit and see, hear your reflections on, especially around depression, for example. Um, I read an article recently talking about. Um, the higher frequency of uh, mental illness like depression and other anxiety disorders and things like that uh, in certain countries or cultures that have currently a lot of war where mm -hmm. they can, they're in danger all the time and that you can't call it post-traumatic stress disorder because there's no post involved. It's just constant stress that is causing this, and it's just a nature of the circumstances of where they're living. And when you look at being look at a woman in a culture that uh, at any point a woman is in danger, you know, just walking out on the street can feel threatening when there's, you know, men there that are, you know, saying what they say and doing what they do. And, um, you know, the, the list of ways that 
techniques and strategies that women have to feel safe just moving around in the world um, as it is in the rape culture really that we have that that is very similar to being in a war zone and and so that changes the perspective of mental illness to a natural response to the circumstances that we're in so the you know the, so that it's no longer you know something wrong with you it's more oh well of course you're depressed <laughs> right of course you're in pain and you know that's one of the things that i feel to bring awareness to because under the social circumstances that we have as women and you know women of color even or uh, ethnic groups that are being oppressed in very violent mm -hmm. and real ways um, that any kind of thing like that mental illness physical illness pain that we have is a natural response to those circumstances and so that like just orienting to it like that that these circumstances have to change it's like when we work with people uh for personal growth and transformation say they have a health issue and their diet the diet that they're eating is exacerbate or you know re-stimulating the health issue well that circumstance has to change that dietary intake has to change and if that diet Terry intake is one of constant stress and that has to change in in order for the healing to take place and a lot of womb centered healing processes are about that of saying okay what's the constant input here of it's not safe of violation of whatever it might be and how can we um how can we change that in some way and it sounds like some of the practices that you've done for yourself were giving you resources that you'd been disconnected from going into the belly of mother earth and offering the the things that had gone on for you in your life that were that were draining your spiritual energy that were draining your physical energy that were making you depressed giving yourself an outlet outlet for the emotions I know from sweat lodge experiences and those kinds of practices that that you know that stored up locked in energy of rage or upsetness any emotions that we might have from previous traumas gets locked in the body and we keep ourselves depressed in order to keep it down because there's no we're not supposed to let it out well those those kinds of practices we get to pretty soon you're dancing there for four nights and you know i'm sure there's some noises coming out and some movements happening and where you're just naturally unwinding and releasing the built up storehouse of not only your built up pain from your lifetime but your ancestors pain and all of that so i've been going on and on oh, i want sister's pain <laughs> yes i want to hear about that that, that from you what I've just oh, I don't I don't want to share all of my ancestors pain no, no, but, no, but <laughs> how, how these healing practices have helped yeah. you to to lift that fog of depression yes. and release what that depression was trying to keep contained for you well unfortunately 
with healing, what my experience has been is you have to feel it. You know, you have to really, really feel it. That's been my experience. Those, the things that I have healed in my life and I've had uh, sexual abuse. Um, I've been marginalized in so many ways from my, uh, my culture that I come from. My family is Albanian from the former Yugoslavia, Muslim, not very religious, but um, you know, a lot of oppression there. And I, you know, I, I, my mother raised me in this way of like, play it small, be as small as you possibly can be. And uh, I grew up with, I have five brothers, so six men, there's me, my mom and me, and you know, we did all the housework, there were very defined roles. And um, for six men, oh. yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that was my childhood, which, oh. which I'm still deconstructing from because oh. so many layers and layers and layers of you know, not only being of service but being a servant. You know, that's basically what it felt like for me because I didn't have a voice, and having had the experiences I had, you know, uh, especially with sexual abuse, there was no one to share it with, no one. I never shared it with anyone. It was not, I mean, I didn't have that relationship with my mother. And, you know, unfortunately, most people in my community don't have those relationships where they can feel safe to share something like that. Instead, it's carried as shame and guilt, which I very much, you know, did. And it wasn't until I came into my womb work where I could strip away those layers of shame and guilt and, and the smallness, playing the small, you know, version of myself. It took also a lot of time to strip those layers. And so this feeling back these layers of shame and guilt and smallness, was this through these sweat lodge ceremonies? Were you consciously saying, okay, I'm going to take my shame into the lodge today. And, or this aspect of my shame is really present with me today. I'm taking this into my prayers. And I know that there are prayer bundle preparation practices that you might do ahead of time and really mm -hmm. meditate on what you're offering your prayers for, what you're letting go of in the sweat lodge. And, and so I'm imagining that that's a real big part of your peeling back these layers over and over again of taking these experiences these feelings and then once one layer on you know gets released then another layer can come up and and be revealed and so i wonder if you can tell us a story more specifically about a particular time that's memorable to you where you were struggling with a layer of guilt shame smallness and how it was affecting your day-to-day -day life how it was affecting your relationships and describe that a little bit the the struggle that you were having in your day-to-day -day life and how you took that to the sweat lodge and if you can share a little bit about the process that you went through through so that people can see how this they can hear in in the story uh, the value of some of these practices. Yeah, thank you. Um, I did practice both what you said, which was you know, in the prayer bundles, being really mindful about each one and saying my prayers. So th that was one way that I, I brought I brought my prayers into the lodge. But also, um, things come up, right? Uh, when you physically exhaust yourself and when you take yourself out of distraction. Mm -hmm. Particularly uh, for me, it was like, okay, I had all these things in my life I was distracting myself with. 
so that when I got to the, the lodge or the, you know, the moon dance, or I've done a lot of medicine work, all these things that um, I've experienced uh, have allowed me to have a different lens, you know? And for instance, I had how it, the, how the suffering was showing up in my life was through um, intimate, not having um, healthy, intimate relationships with my partners. So I went through a series of relationships and was always unhappy, you know, and would create these stories that, you know, it was these men that, you know, they had issues and it was really easy to be a victim in the story uh, because I was a victim. I was carrying that victim mentality for so long uh, that that's how I saw my life. So for me, you know, when I got to these practices, it really allowed me to see that I wasn't a victim, that I really needed to take back my power. Uh, and once I stepped into what it felt like to, to have my power back, it shifted everything. It shifted my perspective of, you know, that anyone else was wrong in my life or anything else, anything was wrong, actually. It, it shifted to everything was right. Even the things that still kept showing up and still keep showing up and challenging me. That's what shifted for me that's been profound, truly, to so, experience everyday life and to not be um, so uh, beaten down by anything that happens that's, a, that's challenging or painful even, you know, just I'm, I'm in my power center now in a way that I'd never had been, or maybe, you know, when I was born, you know, when I came into this world as pure being as we all do. And so can you share about uh, that, that initial experience of feeling your power, feeling not the victim? When did that come for you? Did that come in the context of a sweat lodge of, or a moon dance of, wow, if I can dance for four nights and four days, then I'm nobody's victim, that's for sure. Or did, what, do you, is there some other context afterwards where are you realizing that over the course of, <clears throat> of time? <clears throat> Could you share a little bit more about that moment of recognition and feeling that you're not a victim? Hmm. <clears throat> I've had so many now uh, that it's hard to remember which was my first. Well, just what's the most memorable one? Okay. Um, for sure, I mean, you, you actually uh, said one of the things that has been a story I've even told people, you know, and even myself is when I, when I experienced the dance, like after the first time I did it, the second, third, fourth, now fifth, you know, each time, uh, you know, I have this conversation with myself, you know, because when I'm there, you know, it hits me sometimes, you know, the second night, sometimes even the first night, whatever, but like, it hits me where I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through so much um, suffering? You know, it's so intense. And, um, and then something shifts, you know, where all of that's gone to, 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 to like, to feel to live with pain, and I've had chronic pain. I've had a car accident. Like I've, I, I know what chronic pain is. I know what, you know, emotional pain, chronic pain is, uh, and then I also know what it feels like when it goes away. You know, and it's that same analogy of, you know, that's that's what it feels like. It feels like oh, the pain is gone, and everything is okay. 
I'm safe in the world. All is well in the world. The world is beautiful. Everyone around me is beautiful. That's what that moment feels like. And, and it, thankfully, it's not just that moment. I've been able to carry it over. And it is a practice. Trust me, I don't, you know, I'm still on this path. I'm going to be on this path the rest of my, the rest of my life. That is certain to me, regardless of whether I, I do this as work. I'm always going to do this for myself because I know I have found the path for myself, for my spiritual connection and healing. And, uh, and who knows what it's going to look like many, many years from now, but I'm open to mystery and guidance by source uh, because it reminds me each time. It's like, you know, as I, I shed more layers of suffering and pain, I, I get more connected to infinite source of energy of love of connect connectedness beautiful and so <clears throat> you said that it's a practice to bring that moment that you have mid-ceremony right where the pain suddenly is gone life is beautiful everything's beautiful you're safe all of that to bring that and sustain that, and I imagine it's not a constant sustaining process because as soon as we feel that, my experience is, as soon as we have that moment of, wow, all is well, I'm safe, everything's beautiful, all the parts of ourselves that we <clears throat> stuffed down, all the feelings that we had when it wasn't safe, when it wasn't beautiful, mm -hmm. when it wasn't well, when we weren't feeling well, when you know we didn't have our needs met, we stuffed down our feelings because it wasn't safe to feel them. We didn't have the nourishment, we didn't have the care that we needed to feel those feelings, so we stuffed them down. So as soon as we get to that place of feeling, oh, wait a second, I really am safe, everything is beautiful and there's no pain my experience is then very shortly after that all those hidden hurts that never got felt come rushing to the surface to be bathed in this field of safety and wellness that we've just created and that's can be one of the most difficult things for new practitioners because that tends to be there whatever tradition you're in this tends to be the case and that it tends to feel like quite a roller coaster ride because the stronger the experience of wow all is well everything's beautiful i'm safe and the stronger or the larger dose of the stuffed down you know suppressed hidden hurts can come up for healing and it feels like at the beginning that oh my gosh this pain pattern is here I am in it again, and I thought all was well, right? What happened to that? <laughs> and so then there can be quite a contrast that can be quite shocking and um, difficult uh, to navigate. So I'm wondering if this, this uh, process resonates with your experience and how you have navigated that, if so. And if you have a different experience, I'd love to hear that too. So I'm not question the process of um, once you have in the ceremony that experience of all is well, all is safe, it's beautiful, life is beautiful. Then you go, you know, you come back from Mexico, you get back into your day-to-day -day life, and very likely some of your hidden hurts 
are going to come into that feeling of being safe and kind of take over again. And then you're like, am I back in that? Right. I had this. And so how do you navigate that? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question because I feel like um, this happens to me after every ceremony I experience, regardless what, what type of ceremony, when I feel, because in, in the ceremonies that I've been able to participate in, uh, I, I find them just so connective. There's always, there's usually a fire or some element of, you know, uh, there's water or there's uh, fire and uh, there's community, there's circle, there's being heard and being seen. And I, I feel in my spiritual communities, particularly the Mayan community I'm a part of, I feel so seen and so loved. And, you know, I don't spend that much time with these people, but they see me and I see them. I mean, it's just beautiful. All these layers are stripped and I come home and I usually get depressed because then I come into my everyday existence and, you know, I'm at the grocery store and the grocery checkout person's not even looking at me in the eyes and I just feel so disconnected. I'm in my car you know, I live in LA and I feel disconnected, you know? And so I have these practices that I do um, that I know I need to do to stay connected and it's breath work, it's yoga, it's meditation, it's walking. I, I'm so fortunate. I live in a really beautiful area where I can walk up into the hills and I did, I did actually today before this podcast just to get connected uh, to myself and uh, to the land. So these are crucial practices for me that I need to do. You know, if I don't do them every day, it's okay, but I, I have to do them every week. I, I can't let a week go by without doing some one or many of my practices to keep me in that place and to keep me connected because I know it's here. It's within me. And that's the amazing thing is I've traveled to all these places. I've gone to Guatemala, to my Mayan community spiritual center, you know, Mount Shasta, Mexico, and, you know, all these places that I traveled to, to be in these sacred circles. Um, but then I come home and I realize that it's right here. It's in my heart. Uh, it's in like when I get into my breath, it's in my breath. Uh, I have a fire pit in my backyard. So I'm, I'm really fortunate I get to lead fire circles, which, you know, I've been inviting my community to join so I can at least practice that in my own home uh, to, to, to stay connected to the fire, to stay connected to the practices. Um, that's, that's it for me. I, key is, just, and, I, and I tell everyone, I tell all my clients, all my friends, stick to some practice that keeps you connected to your heart, to your breath. Because this world is so challenging, and you know, I, I I don't even watch the news. I don't know how people can, because it honestly, it just um, it permeates my body, and uh, uh, I feel I feel I'm such an empath. I feel so much pain. I feel the pain in the world, and um, and I know I know a lot of what's going on, even if I'm not watching it, you know. And occasionally, of course, I do hear things, and I talk to people, and it's. Um, uh, it's very numbing actually because you get very disempowered when you're watching these things and you don't do anything about it none of us do you know or not none of us but most of us are passively watching and just saying that's bad or feeling it um, and I've learned through my practices and all the circles and teachers I've sat with is you know uh, really get, get get connected to your heart get connected to source um, connect to your communities to your families uh, that's that's really the most um, 
the most incredible activism that you can do in your everyday existence and it's and it's available to all of us and it's a different kind of activism it feels like when uh you know that and it's a needed difference because a lot of activism is working under the same fighting masculine domination Ooh, i've got stories about that oh my I, goodness i've been involved in various activism groups yeah. it's all about fighting the dominant uh, yeah. structure by dominating it in return but we know from history that it, you know if that's the way that you overcome a, a a person or a group of people in power by dominating them then that dominator then becomes the dominator of everyone else and you've got the same problems that you had before even if they have a drastically different uh, philosophy and so <laughs> it feels like what we're living and and desiring and creating together if we're going to create a different way of overcoming this patriarchal illness that we're suffering from of actually healing it instead of rewounding ourselves over and over again with the with the war mentality the domination mentality is by really cultivating that that inner connection that you're talking about and reweaving and nourishing these connections these partnership connections with other people with our in, in our marriages in our families and in our communities in such a way that that inner power is undominatable <laughs> so that there's no option to be dominated anymore or to dominate anyone that there's just a partnership and then pretty soon that strength of that partnership of coming together and being connected um can becomes more appealing and and where power actually resides instead of this sickness of trying to steal power from others or overpower others to to feed off of their power and so it's it, what's that that's the patriarchy exactly and so that is you know that that uh, a different approach to healing that is what we're talking about. It's so feminine. I'm That's what it feels like to me. It feels very feminine. I was an environmental activist for years, and mm -hmm. I can totally speak from personal experience from having that mindset, being in that in that energy, and you know, and realizing that's not the place I wanted to come from because it didn't feel good. I was always anti-war. I was fighting all even the words that are being used and. It actually took this woman, this really incredible woman I met up in Berkeley years ago when I was in the height of my activism going to live this anti, what I called an anti-war protest against uh, the U.S. invading Iraq. And this woman said, you know, I said, are you going to this anti-war protest? She's like, oh, I don't know what that is. I'm going to a peace march. <laughs> and we were actually going to the same thing. But it was a huge learning moment for me. Right because the way she was approaching it was what I wanted to more of in the world. I didn't want more war and protesting. And these are words I was using too, you know, yeah. to be against something versus to be for something, which has been a huge shift for me and a, and a great learning experience as a woman, you know, to be for something. Yeah. And that brings us back to the ceremonial practices because 
especially these really intense ones like the moon dance or the sun dance or the sweat lodge where you are emphasizing the stripping away right the mm -hmm. releasing of things there's another aspect to it just like with the womb right the womb in our womb cycle we know and it's often suppressed or plugged up but we know how to release right we know how to let go of during a certain you know during the the menstrual bleeding part of our cycle it we're designed to be able to release what's no longer serving us and prepare to build something new uh, but that's the whole thing then there's this whole other part of the of the cycle of the womb that's all about building something new or preparing to build something new and so i wonder if you can describe for us that aspect of these ceremonies because oftentimes you know you put in the prayer bundle i'm letting go of this i'm releasing that i'm releasing that is there also an aspect of i am evoking this this is what i'm giving my attention to this is what i'm devoting my energy to that i'm wanting to create and bring more of into my life absolutely i feel like for me definitely my prayers what they look like is i'm releasing you know this this and this and i'm making room and i'm calling in and i'm invoking you know that's my practice my practice is you know there's always stuff to be released um however in that space i'm creating you know room for something to come in um and so in the prayer bundles like you said you know or any of the prayers that i do i'm often asking for um more connection or guidance or um wisdom so there's lots of uh, that as well for sure calling yeah. in is you know like in the fire circles i lead for the new moon you know traditionally we, we call in that's the time of you know planting those seeds of what we want to manifest in the full moon which is just coming up in a couple of days is really the time of you know things start to sprout you know and things come to light and uh, it's a beautiful cycle that we get to practice beautiful wonderful well thank you so much for sharing all of these insights and all of these rich experiences um, I would love for you to share in case anyone listening wants to get in touch with you and learn more about what you're up to. Maybe there's people in the, in your area that, that might want to come to your, um, circles or that might want to learn more about the moon dance, uh, practices or anything else you might have to offer that you haven't even mentioned. Uh, do you have a website or or something that people can connect with you through? I do. So my website is um, spiralcirclehealing.com. Mm -hmm. And uh, I you know, would love if anyone's in the LA area, I lead circles on the east side and west side. Uh, new moon is men and women, and full moon is women only. So uh, please shoot me an email, hello at spiralcirclehealing.com. would love to sit and circle with you here at the fire. I bring the, the songs from the moon dance and um, we actually have a real fire that we light up and it's really beautiful to be in that space. And it's, it's an incredible community that comes together. Um, I've been doing this for six years now. So it's been such an honor for me to keep sitting at the fire and seeing who shows up and really beautiful healing and connective space 
And then February 9th, I'm actually co-leading with Marisa Reyes. We're leading a sacral awakening workshop. Uh, we were doing them initially for women only, but then we had requests for men. So um, because men also want to be connected to their sacral area and heal their wounds. And so we're co-leading. Um, it's for men and women, a sacral awakening um, workshop. It's um, at the Whole Nine Gallery in Culver City. So you can either go to my website, you can go to whole nine, um, the whole number nine dot com slash sacred, and there's uh, information there. But that's February 9th, six to nine p.m. And I will, I'm working on cross pollinate, which is a women's uh, empowerment gathering that I started back doing back in 2013, uh, in securing a space for I think February, um, early March. So we haven't got a space just yet, but we're looking to uh, uh, bring that to fruition again it's been, it's been over a year since i've done it uh but that's an opportunity for women of la to come and connect and and support each other's projects and collaborate and cross-pollinate so uh if you want more information go to crosspollinatela.com mm -hmm. so thank you so much thank you and uh those of you who are listening in today uh, listening in today or another day on the womb centered healing podcast if you want to learn more about the womb centered healing temple which is the uh temple that's sponsoring this podcast you can go to wombcenteredhealing.com and learn about upcoming summits and other services courses workshops that are available there so thank you so much for joining us today for the womb centered healing podcast and just i want to take a moment to hold the vision for us of nourishing these um, time-honored traditional practices in our lives and receiving the nourishment and wisdom of these practices womb-centered practices uh, and ceremonies that bring us into the feminine way of things and that is life affirming and life regenerating and so just holding a space for all of our practices to return to that womb space again and again and together returning to that connection so thank you so much for joining us for that ah all right thank you so much uh giselle and everyone until next time